Hey guys, and welcome back to another Digital Artcast. Thanks for tuning in and checking us out on iTunes and YouTube. Um, it's been great the last couple of months. Um, we have been growing the audience uh, for our interviews. Um, but just a quick uh, housekeeping update. Um, Colin, Colin Cyril, who's been uh, co-hosting with me since the, the start of the Artcast, um, will be leaving us. Um, hopefully I'll try and get Colin back for uh, a final talk before he shoots off to his new career. Um, but with time and with projects uh, that Colin's working on, he just doesn't have a lot of free space to um, be recording with me real regularly. Um, we're in talks with a couple of guys to try and get someone to take Colin's place, um, but he will be sorely missed uh, and we wish him all the best at Digital Artcast on his future career. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for tuning back in again. Yeah, like I said, uh, this interview um, is going to be Timothy Rodriguez of ILM in London. Um, Tim and me met back way back at uh, industry workshops uh, last year, and uh, yeah, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about his uh, start in France and where he learned concept art by doing a lot of plein air painting. Um, his career took a turn when he started uh, teaching um, in his twenties, and of course, his initial move to ILM in London. Uh, if you guys want to hear more of these interviews, check out iTunes and YouTube at Digital Artcast and subscribe for some of our, our bigger interviews like Matt Rhodes and Borkut Erickson, um, amongst many others. And uh, yeah, guys, here's the episode. Jump in. Uh, thanks. again another another interview go for digital artcast um just want to thank you first for giving up your time um, thank you for having me yeah no problem at all man it's a great honor to have you um the weirdest thing i think last year was when um i was sitting randomly in yep. industry, industry workshops and um i kind of turned around and noticed your, your name tag i was like holy shit it's timothy Rodriguez. yeah i remember that <laughs> <laughs> um and i had my one of your pieces on uh my yep. My, yep. F- my phone wallpaper because um, I was a big fan was quite, going in. I was quite surprised to see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think it's even it's interesting when people do a lot of artwork for production or, or just stuff that, or their own merit, and then people are like, "Holy shit, you're such and such," and you're like, "Oh, well, really? Yeah." Yeah, I mean, you don't really notice that you're into that industry until you go to that type of workshop, and then you see like people know each other, and uh, yeah, that, that's really cool. And that's a industry workshops. Obviously, are you going back this year as well? Um, I don't know. I think I'll try to go there because uh, mostly because a lot of my friends go there, so it's a great uh, opportunity to see them and yeah. talk to them. So uh, I think I think I'll be there next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Do you just tend to go to catch up? Is it less about the the talks for you, or is it more just about meeting people? Well, um, to be honest, uh, last uh, last workshop was not really. Uh, for the talks to me, it was mm-hmm. more about um, seeing my friends again and meet new people, talk mm-hmm. to people. So I spent more time actually talking to people and uh, less time going to the talks. But yeah. um, I guess it depends on on, on everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. If, like if it was a few years back, I think I would spend more time uh, at the talks and trying to get as much 
information as I can. So yeah, yeah. But again, I guess it really depends on what, where you are and what you feel like doing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because obviously you're working now as a concept artist, so you know. I mean, obviously, you're always learning. It's one of these things where I think in this industry yes. you never stop. But uh, like you said, it's it's a rare opportunity for you guys to, to all meld in the same room quickly. So, um, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Um, MD particularly usually catch up with. I know. I think when uh, it was funny actually, the, just before I went and done the show last year, um, I think two or three weeks previous, my first interview for this podcast was uh, Titus. So yeah, yeah. I also yeah. interviewed him, and then a couple of weeks later, um, got to meet him at Industry Workshops, which is great. Um, and he's a great guy. Um, is there any particular the show you usually catch up with, or um, what do you mean? The... Oh, just just I mean, is there is there one one or two people in particular you go you know to try and catch up with, or some some people you regularly see there, or uh, I don't know because uh, last year was my first time there, uh, right. but, but I know that like some of my uh, French friends were there, uh, right. some of my coworkers were there, right. Um, and you know, you just hang out with them, and you meet their friends, yeah. and you talk to them. Like, yeah. lots of my Facebook contacts were there. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. So. Yeah, probably too many people to mention because there's so many people go to it. So yeah. Well, I think yeah, there's too many to mention. I mean, yeah, yeah so many yeah. great talents <laughs> there. Uh, yeah. You know, it's that kind of event that goes really fast, and you you take everything and. Yeah. You know, then you think back uh, a few days later, and uh, you realize what really happened there. Yeah, it's all kind of a blur, especially for me for the first time there. I think it was uh, the four days goes in really quickly, um, or well, the three and a half. But yeah, it was yeah. Great, great getting to meet some people, even like Aaron Beck, obviously for for wet and stuff. That was a big thing. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, obviously we met back there last year. We've talked on and off on Facebook. Um, but you know your career has spanned long, long way back um, before you even moved yep. to London. Because now obviously yeah. you're you're an ILM as a, a junior concept artist. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a bit recent because I mean it's been like ten months. I'm I'm at ILM now. Right. So yeah. Yeah, so it's a recent development. But then, kind of going back to the start. I mean, you can go all the way back if you want. Um, even yep. how you got into art. Mm. I mean, was was concepting something you wanted to do quite early on? Well, I think uh, it first started when um, when I was a kid. Um, I loved uh, spending time like reading the comic books of my dad and um, I was really fascinated by the drawings. Yeah. So I, I tried like to reproduce them and uh, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, then, I don't know, I think I kind of Stop drawing. Um, I was becoming like like a, a teenager. I was playing video games, yeah. um, and there was like a forum. I, I was um, I was in. Uh, it was like a video games forum, mm-hmm. and there was a graphic design section. Oh, cool. Um, and I remember seeing for the first time uh, like a digital painting. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I don't know. I was maybe fourteen at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it fascinating, so I knew I had to buy a tablet and use Photoshop, so yeah. I was just doing it for fun, you know. Yeah. I, when you're 14, you, you don't really know what you're going to do. do yeah. yeah, you don't think about that that stuff, but I, I know I was spending like hours and all my weekends, my holidays, just painting stuff um, yeah. on Photoshop, and uh, I think then I, I discovered uh, like conceptart.org, CG oh, cool. Society, yeah. CG, 
and all those communities. And then I realized that uh, it's really something serious and you can earn money from that. Mm -hmm. It's a real job. So I think at that point I, I knew um, that I really wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kept doing it and I, um, it, yeah, it got more serious. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, uh, Kind of led from there, and it's funny even just seeing. I'm quickly noticing that at the start of the talk, you you talked about how uh, comics was kind of the first thing or the yeah. first avenue to draw. Nearly every person I've ever spoke to in concept art who's ever, even Justin, was <laughs> the same. It's always been comics. You know, they want to be comic artists. They read stuff like Jim Lee, uh, and back in the day, yeah. Tom McFarlane, and always copied their drawings. Um, so yes, yeah, so yeah, you, right. yeah I mean, when you're a kid, it's so fascinating to see that, and yeah, I think it, there's something beautiful about. Uh, comics. But then I think comics is a great example as well because um, it, it plays on a key aspect of what is involved so much in concept art now, which is storytelling, cinematography, yep. layout, um, even, yep. the, even design. So I mean, it's it's, it's a huge or a great uh, yeah, it, for people to get in Because, yeah, you have to like express an idea just with lines, which mm -hmm. is very, I mean, yeah, it's beautiful in a way. And you have to tell a story, like you said, you have to think about the composition. You have to think about the next frame yeah and it's building up like that and it's not just drawing for the sake of drawing you know yeah yeah there's a, there's a purpose behind it yeah exactly yeah. um so then uh, i think what i did was well obviously i went to college and, yeah uh, it was really frustrating because i knew i, I had like uh, three years to go mm -hmm. until I, I could like study um properly uh, that field and yeah professionally. So I did those uh, three years and then I went to, um, I did two years of uh, graphic design. Mm -hmm. which was, I mean, at the time there was no concept art school in France. So right. the closest thing was like graphic design, right. which yeah. was really good. I mean, I've, I've learned uh, like perspective, um, colors, I use stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I only did two years and then I, I moved to Paris. Right. Uh, I had some friends there that were on uh, like uh, French forums of uh, illustration, mm -hmm. um, and I got an internship in in, uh, in a company called uh, Pretty Simple. Cool. And then I, I worked there for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So at that point, uh, yeah, I knew. I mean, um, like I, I succeeded uh, for my you know personal ambitions. I, yeah. I knew I, I I got money from what I, I love doing. So yeah. that was. It was not a lot of money, but um, it was a really good milestone for me personally. But it was rewarding, obviously, because you were getting to do something that you were passionate about and something that you wanted to do, rather than having yeah. to go and do a, a ninety-five kind of like everybody else in an office or something, you know. So it's, you know, yeah, it, was, uh, it, it was not like uh, posting on forums and get feedbacks. It was just um, earning money from that and working with a team for a project, which yeah. was. Really, really cool. So, what was the when you did your first job there? Just going kind of spreading out the first job you done. What was your main kind of duties? Did you go in as a concept artist at the time? Because it's always interesting when people go back a couple of years. Um, because concept art has really had a defined name and job since maybe two thousand ten. Yeah. So, were you doing you know kind of concept or backgrounds or environments? What were you doing? Well. I don't think we can call that concept art what I was doing. It was more, I think, illustration. You know, it was like a hidden object game on Facebook. Right, yep. So we had to paint the backgrounds. So we did uh, like, we yeah. started by uh, doing thumbnails and then 
Jad director would pick one and then we we push it like we had I don't know three four days to make a really uh, like polished illustration wow, and then yeah. we had put like 60 objects <laughs> which was a pain in the ass to be honest but yeah but we had techniques you know we we came up with uh, like a, a bank of uh, objects like a huge PSD with uh, with like objects that we would reuse and yeah. yeah so it was not really concept art it was more yeah illustration Can play illustration yeah yeah it was really interesting for me because I um, that's I think that's how I really learned about perspective, light, mm, values, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, the job was a bit boring, to be honest. So yeah. with my coworkers, we really, um, we were really interested in like fundamentals. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what uh, kept us going. I think yeah. we were watching like lots of uh, Scott Robertson videos. Uh, yeah. That's when I started to go outside and do plein air paintings. Yeah. So yeah, that was a a period in my life where I really wanted to explore and get better and see like what was like color, what was values, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, actually, uh, that's one of my, my current moments in my career say, so far as the fact that uh, I got to meet Scott Robertson um, when he came across to Edinburgh. Um, yeah. He was through tracing these Scottish roots, um, as most Americans try to do. Um, but uh, yeah. I took my, my how to draw books and stuff, and uh, he signed them at the front and drew a wee car for me. So, oh, cool. yeah, that was, that was my, my, my uh, cheesy moment where I was like, oh my God, Scott Robertson, yeah, total fa <laughs> fanboying out. Um, but no, Scott's yeah. a great guy. So I'm actually, I'm hoping at one point when he's got a bit more time, he's going to try and come on here and talk to us. But uh, I think That'd he, be great. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a great teacher, to be honest. His books are fantastic. His, oh, yeah. his, Noman videos as well are great. Oh yeah, ridiculous. I mean, like even uh, Feng Zhu, when he was doing a couple of his, his FCD podcasts, he was saying people were like, "Oh, when are you going to uh, write a book?" And he was like, "Look, Scott taught me, and he's wrote a book, and nobody can teach yeah. better than him." So you know, all you need yeah, is just book. get Scott's books. And, yeah, uh, which yeah, is interesting. So as well. Yeah, interesting as well. He's because he's just getting back into teaching again, so he's been posting new stuff on Gumroad. Uh, and if you've seen, yep. he's oh uh, yeah. So I mean, that was for me was a total. A fan moment again because obviously I was just waiting for him to get back into into drawing um, and uh, yeah yeah and obviously now that I've got him on Facebook uh, all I really usually see in his feed is pictures of the car he's building so yeah yeah that's that's really crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah must love cars I mean oh yeah well he's, he's passionate about design in, in general I think so getting to hand build the parts and put it together yeah. himself it's another side I think he's never really got to in the automotive industry um, but it's funny because it, it shows that. Scott is not only interested in in, in, in drawing, in nice drawing. Yep. It's more about the, the core of things. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think it makes sense. I mean, I was not really surprised to see that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah, the guy's <laughs> awesome. Um, so going back to your career, obviously, you, you, you're on yep. this first job, you're doing your patents and more illustration stuff. Um, were you looking on the horizon? Were you looking for elsewhere to go? Was there other jobs you think yes. you're going next? Yeah. Um, I started getting like freelance uh, offers, so that that's when I, I really thought maybe I should leave mm -hmm. because I was getting bored and uh, I was working with uh, Lucille Meunier mm -hmm. and uh, Rudy, which were, uh, yeah, I mean, Lucille left the company mm -hmm. and um, I think I should, I, yeah, in my head I was like, yeah, I should do the same. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I felt it was time for me to do something new. Yeah. And I started getting, you know, freelance offers. So I, yeah, I just quit 
and um, I work like for Applebot, mm -hmm. some illustrations. Cool. Uh, I did like maybe six months of uh, freelance. It was mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I was doing a lot of plein air paintings. Nice. As well. Yeah. I was really trying to, you know, get. Yeah, I enjoyed being like out of that company, and uh, it, it was great. But I was like, yeah, let's go outside and paint with my friends. <laughs> uh, and then. A friend of mine, uh, Geoffrey Erno, right. works at Riot now. Uh -huh. He was teaching in, in a school in Paris called New Age. Yeah. And uh, I think he left because he found a job in the UK. Mm -hmm. So there was like a, a teaching uh, job available. So he right. asked me if I was interested. Uh, first answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't see myself teaching because I think I was like, 20, 21. Which can time. be intimidated at that age, yeah, that's a bit of a big ask, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because some students, you know, they, they are the same age as, uh, as you, or yeah. even older, so that's a bit weird, but yeah. but I met the, the uh, how do you say, the boss of the of the school, and he was a really cool guy, and, and we tried. I did mm -hmm. one uh, class mm -hmm. for, I think, a week, and mm -hmm. it was great. Were you shaking and, uh, the whole yeah. time? Were you, were you like this? Were you, <laughs> were you nervous teaching them the first time? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, at first it was a bit scary, but I ended up working there for three years. So wow, yeah. So, yeah, it was great because I had like lots of free time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, working, teaching in a school, it's really beneficial for you because you, you know, you have to explain uh, like things the more more clearly possible and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I think I, I learned a lot there. Yeah. And and you have also like direct feedbacks and um, it's really interesting because I could answer a question I wish I I could ask at the time when I was uh, a student. Yeah. So I really tried to give like everything I knew and encourage people to like believe in what they do. I mean, lots of young artists, they just you know, with everything you can see on Facebook, it, it can be a bit intimidating for... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it seems like this unreachable uh, kind of uh, industry. Oh, dude, every morning I go on art station and I just cry for like <laughs> half an hour. Like, it's just... Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, even before... Um, I mean, going back before 2010, um, before I left my job to kind of pursue art, um, I knew enough about concept art at the time, but not a ton. It had mostly been what I'd seen through documentaries. I think... I always talk about yep. this. The first one I watched was the God of War three making the guys in San Diego like behind the scenes. Yeah, and they're making <laughs> yeah. the paintings. Actually, the first obviously because it was the God of War team. Um, is it Sony Santa Monica? It would have been a uh, Cecil Kim was one of the first guys I saw drawing All stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, he might be coming on as well. But yeah, again, um, that level I was just like, wow, that'd be cool. And then as I left, I quickly found it was even back then. I mean, you're talking no more than five or six years ago. It was harder even then to get to learn stuff because I think at the time all I really knew about was Nomon, um, but yep. I think stuff like obviously like Cube Brush had just only just started in the last two years with Mark, yeah. um, and then obviously a couple other things that had come up. And Art Station was still in its infancy; it was really young, um, and then that's why I think even students going forward now are going to be so spoiled because even five years ago there was nothing there was no as much yep. stuff on the internet yeah. so it's yeah it's, it's all over the internet i mean you you get free education on youtube you you have lots of great gum roads yeah um, at the time it was only like conceptart.org and and people talking to each other mm -hmm. and helping each other but that's it i mean 
uh, yeah, I think it's a bit more easy today because you have more material, but you have more material to, to choose from. So it's a bit um, intimidating, probably, like you don't yeah. know where to start, yeah. uh, stuff like that. So I mean, the core basics are probably the best things. I mean, even, I mean, and it's yeah. crazy because, you know, when it comes to my art skills, I'm, I'm very amateur. I've only done it a couple of years. Um, but luckily, just in the last couple of days, um, I found out I was getting to start at a studio in Glasgow, um, Axis Animation, who are up here. Yep. Um, so I was over the moon, obviously, that I got that, that position. Um, but then... Congrats, it, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, my first proper, first proper studio job. But, um, but they, you know, I've even found students now coming to me, or guys on Facebook, asking me for advice, which is crazy because I know next to nothing. But I try to just pass on the stuff that other people have told me. Um, yeah. And the first thing I point people is like, well, you know, Feng has a whole YouTube channel full of painting and advice and podcasts that are totally free. Like, that is a huge point to kick off from. Uh, Scott, especially, who has so much stuff free on Gunroad. Like, you know, people are just spoiled. And it's great because it's less work for me and rather than me having to try to explain the basics of concept and I can just point them straight in the direction of YouTube yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah that, that works for them. So uh, That's yeah. really good that, I mean, people, some people are willing to help each other and stuff. I think that's a, the great thing because... You, you learn from it as well. I mean, even like if a student asks me like a very basic question, I will learn from from it, even yeah. if it's, you know, yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Even giving feedback on one of the guy's uh, pieces somebody sent me the other day, um, the advice I was giving him was just basically the things people had told me. I mean, it was like, you know, when I was looking at his composition and character stuff, I mean, he was doing a lot of hero shot stuff, and I was like, oh, that's great, but, you know, maybe break it down into, like, uh, character design sheets with orthographic views, because a lot of, you know, studios like to see that detailed yeah. breakdown of your process. And I'm sitting saying, where the fuck did I learn that from? <laughs> like, it just came straight out of my head, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, because when I asked that question a million times, that's the answer I got, so... Yeah. Um, but it's good, but it's good because uh, you get to send the elevator back down and, and teach other people coming up, so it was great, yeah. Um, so, yeah. obviously, you taught there for a couple of years. Um, yep. so were you getting the itch kind of towards the end that you wanted to get back out and work in a studio? Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I think it took me some time to uh, want something new. Um, right, yeah. I started getting like offers in uh, studios, like in China and stuff like that. Yeah. I was. I had the possibility to go to Eidos in Montreal as well, okay, uh, yeah. which I turned down. Wow. Because yeah. I just moved uh, with my girlfriend, and um, yeah, like few months after, I got the opportunity to go there. So it, it was not a an easy decision you know it's yeah uh, it's such a big studio yeah yeah i think you really have to think about um is this gonna be good for me is this yeah totally good opportunity? Is, is it worth it i mean on paper it can sound, sound good but um, you'll be there every day you know yeah. it's not something um easy and then you're gonna talk to your friends and yeah. tell them yeah well, there it's great you know so but I started, you know, um, wanting to go back in the studio mm -hmm. and work closely with uh, in a team. Yeah. And um, and yeah, one day I got an offer from ILM, and I mean, I I talked to it with my girlfriend. Yeah. She works in the film industry as well. She's an editor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so she she knows how rare can be those opportunities, yeah. and you have to. I think you really have to grab them if you think that's the one opportunity you you need and you, 
you think it's going to be beneficial for you, I think you, you have to just do it. It's not as easy as it seems, but um, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I mean, we could, well, ILM is, I mean, we all know who, where ILM has come from, the stems. I mean, we all grew up, you know, me especially, a, a yeah. Star Wars fan. You know what I mean, so um, any excuse to, to uh, I mean, people always think that ILM was exclusively just for Star Wars, but they don't realize that, I mean, like, there's even, so many good stuff. Yeah, 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 there's so many, so many films I've worked on, so much sound design they've done. I mean, even the biggest one for me, I mean, when I kid, when I watched Jurassic Park for the first time, yeah. Um, you know the, the work they've done in that has, has set the, the standard and the bar for you know so many years and VFX. Um, and That's then, amazing, you know. yeah. I mean, I realized that when I when I went to the their website when I got the offer, I, I knew ILM obviously, but um, I, I just wanted to you know see uh, a bit more. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, lots of of classic movies and yeah. uh, lots of memories from my childhood. Yeah. Like I, I remember, like my parents had like hundreds of uh, VHS uh, tapes, you know, yeah. and I was just playing them and watching movies and those movies, I mean, lots of them, like Spielberg movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Jenna Jones, Jurassic Park. Yeah. You know, yeah. It. And, uh, yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's yeah. it's kind of a dream for, for the kid who loves, you know, movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely a surreal moment for me even, um, I went to the movies to see Doctor Strange recently, obviously. So yeah. I mean, like the credits came up, and I was, you know, I was usually set for the post-credit scene anyway. And you know, your name flies by, and I'm like, holy shit, I've met that guy. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same for me because uh, you know, you never know if you're gonna end up in the credits. It's it's not like yeah. if you work and you in there, it's not like that. You yeah. Know? But yeah, it was great. Did you like the movie? Oh, I mean, like uh, I did a whole thing on my our podcast channel where. Um, there was a, a quick clip on the set to you. I think I did say it to you. It was one of the guys from um, they're like a, a games kind of channel thing in in America. Oh, I saw that video. Funhouse, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I've watched him for a while. Uh, they're with uh, Rooster Teeth now in Texas, but um, yeah, James did a whole thing about you know the art team had this like squash little yeah, yeah and he digital was, artist like yeah, hundreds of them yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's, it's and they did the the artwork. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the yeah, I mean, like James is saying, the guys who literally put blood and sweat in the movie. I mean, and they, they I mean, like, it's an interesting conversation. I mean, you could talk about this for hours, but recently when I just spoke to Justin, um, we were talking about the whole film industry, especially in Los Angeles, and how um, a lot of the people who work on stuff don't get credit, and how there's a whole yep. movement there now of people trying to get unionized because there's so many people getting undercut or you know shafted basically and not really getting a lot of respect or money that they deserve um and it's it, it's crazy because you know like you said you guys are up with the spent you know ridiculous hours working on all of that stuff and getting rushed quite quickly because i know um i did hear kind of round round about the, the the way that um i think strange had a couple of reshoots and there was a lot of vfx stuff that was yep. changed last minute um so you guys would oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you guys would have been pushed to the wall i mean, i started working on the movie Two months before it was released, so <laughs> Jesus. you see what I mean. And I, and I, I was still doing concepts. Yeah. So that like once uh, Marvel was happy of my concepts, yeah. people had to build it. Oh wow. And would would come out like in two months. So it was really. Jesus. I mean, for me, it was really intense. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, lots of work to do, little time. But yeah. those guys, like the the digital artists doing 3D, the compositors. The generalists, those guys like worked so much. I mean, yeah, I think they did the the hard work. Yeah, I was 
trying to visualize what it could look like, but they have to build it and make it real. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Even the the whole city of. I mean, like again, I didn't really answer your question because I talked about the the funhouse thing with James Willems, but uh, it was more I was going to say was that especially for a Marvel movie, it was the most visually stunning I had ever seen. I mean, a lot of the um, I forget the name of it, but the world they step into where they twist the buildings. Oh, the dark yeah. dimension. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, that stuff was um, was ridiculous. I mean, it was it was so well executed. It was so incredible to watch. Um, and, and and even you know the whole signs thing they done with uh, the symbols, um, yeah. the, the magic part of it. Uh, it was great. I think Marvel took a bit more risk on this one, and, and yeah. I'm glad the movie did well. Yeah. at the box office because it shows that people are willing to see some new stuff some different stuff not the classic superhero movies that can be boring sometimes yeah i mean because obviously most people know the x-men and wolverine but again when it comes to doctor strange people are kind of like who the hell is that i mean but uh, yeah yeah i mean it's not a very uh, well-known no, character yeah yeah and i think uh i think i also played the benedict um you know playing it uh just absolutely incredible. I think he was amazing in the role. I think it really suited him down at a tee. I really like him, and I think it was great in, in that role. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think he shares the kind of same thing with the guy uh, Hugh Laurie who does uh, House. Um, when kind of English guys try to do thick American accents, I think sometimes it's <laughs> a, it's a it's a bit weird. But yeah, he still pulled it off. So um, yeah, uh, but no, I mean, I, and then that's obviously that's one you've worked on. But since you've been at ILM, you would have worked on you worked on kind of several films so far, or. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure I can talk about. No, no, no. Uh, All the ones but, you can talk um, about. <laughs> but yeah, what's great is that they really like, like the team we have in London is is fantastic. I think yeah. Yeah. we like sometimes one people one guy we work on on one movie and then uh, I'm working with uh, Julian, Jason, Holly, mm -hmm. and we work on the same movie. And sometimes one of us will go and and work for. For a few days on that movie because they need like uh, VFX concept art for that particular shot. Right. So I mean, yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, the projects are great. Yeah. Uh, the people I work with are, are great. Yeah. Really good people. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then when it comes to concepting as well, I mean, people, you know, again, this is great. Again, these interviews because it breaks into a place where people who aren't in the industry already don't know what their day to day is kind of can be because the day to day thing. Is different in every studio. So, I mean, when you come in on like a project in Doctor Strange or anything else like that, I mean, what kind of is your day to day? Do you come in and then there's a kind of set list of things for you to do? Do you have kind of stand up meetings most of the time to talk about like milestones and stuff? Or well, well, it it starts with like a, a brief uh, from maybe like the art director or the VFX soup, mm -hmm. and I mean, yeah, it starts by gathering references, I guess, and mm -hmm. um, doing sketches, trying some stuff. Showing it to the VFX soup. Mm -hmm. uh, then the next day you'll go to dailies mm -hmm. where we have like a big screen and we look at the shot and what's what everyone has been doing mm -hmm. uh, yesterday basically. Cool. And um, then from that we we set up a plan for the day and mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, yeah I mean I think at first you have to like do a range of different looking concepts and from that we can like pick one or two mm -hmm. and go to that direction push it mm -hmm. um, lots of different versions I mean for Doctor Strange I, I was working on um, you know like the dark dimension expanding uh, yeah. in Hong Kong 
I was working on those shots. Right. Man, I did like hundreds of versions for that. Like how how like the edge of the dark dimension would destroy the buildings, how like the ripples would um you know lots of versions. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of exploration and yeah. uh, you know, you get feedbacks, you work on it, you, you get new feedbacks and the more you work on it, the more you know um, how to handle those uh, problems and to yeah. solve them. Because um, it's something so, you've, got to yeah. get right, you've got to get that right really quite early on because with Strange, as of like another couple of Marvel movies, it's a very visual film. It is a very, um, the magic and the, the cinematography and a lot of the, the world he's in is what kind of pushes the story. So, I mean, that's got to be key more than any other film you've probably worked on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, visually, I mean, it, it was great. Mm -hmm. Lots of great shots mm -hmm. they did in London as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was good that, like you said, it, it was not just visual effects for the sake of visual effects. It was yeah. so the story. And, you know, it's always good to do something that's a bit uh, useful in the movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like the dog dimension, for example, had, has a strong uh, impact in, in the story. Mm -hmm. It's the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Well. Sorry for the, those who didn't watch it, but I'm not going to spoil the, the, the This isn't a movie podcast, this is an art podcast, so the guys can just fake off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but again, with the, the stuff that is you know, more comic book based, I mean, were you guys drawn directly from source? Like, were you looking at the comics and graphic novels, or were you pulling from real world influences? Or? Um, well, to be honest, I, I don't know. I think... People who worked in uh, pre-production, they probably like used uh, the comics as an inspiration. Especially, yeah. I saw like for the Dark Dimension, like all those abstract uh, shapes, they uh -huh. are they directly come from the comics. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, I was I was working in post-production, so uh, it was more gathering references of uh, from real world and right. applying that to like the, the spells and. Like the, stuff. like the cities they were in and stuff, like if they were going to the places in Shanghai and that, you would obviously have to take influence from the city they were in and research that. Um, yeah, that would be interesting, actually. Um, even a small university project I've got just now that I'm finishing is, yeah. is, is a, to set a, a, a set of three Grand Theft Auto characters, but in a setting they've not been before, so I've chose Tokyo. So I'm doing a, a heavy research of the city in Japan just now and, and influences from the people that live there and fashion. Um, Pinterest is a fucking godsend, by the way. If oh, ever, oh. well, it's really annoying, I think, uh, Pinterest, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of good material there. I, I just don't like the interface and how it yeah. works. I, I don't get it, but yeah, I, mean, I it, know there's a lot of great stuff there. Yeah. Too bad it's not iRes, but lots of good stuff there. Because yeah. it's, it's pulling from all over the internet, so I think that's why it's difficult to get things that are consistent. Um, but it's definitely, I, I definitely think they need to try and incorporate a feature where you can build mood boards straight out of the things you're... Like, yeah, you, that'd be great. Yeah, because you can build boards, but then you can't physically, you know, clump them together and then, you know, yeah. bring them out as one thing. It's it's all over the place, so... Um, but no, I mean... like There's something that we've been using recently called uh, Pure Ref. I think it's a free software. Right. And you can basically, like, screen grab and put stuff on that board. Mm -hmm. And you can, like, uh, select them and it's gonna rearrange them you can save uh that file everybody uh -huh. can open it and you get the same like mood board right, and you cool. can stuff save again so oh. it's really it's a great program and that was pure ref did you say yeah yeah pure ref right cool well, there you go guys so they're an exclusive tim's gave you <laughs> no excuse now it's really good it's really good i'm just writing it down just now actually because i'll be using it myself so um right. 
Yeah, cool. No, I mean, like uh, people always say that about these advanced tools for gathering stuff, and I always just say Pinterest. It's, it's one of the easiest things, I think. Because obviously there's Google Images, but Pinterest, I think, collects them in a way, or, or you can categorize stuff in a way quicker than Google Images. Yeah. So, yeah. I really like the fact that when you find an interesting image there on Pinterest, you, you get like a, a selection of new stuff that yeah. you can click on and get new stuff again. So you can yeah. like narrow your search towards something very specific. Specific, yeah, yeah. But, which is great. So that, that's really good in, in Pinterest. Yeah, yeah. All that. And then, uh, obviously, when you're doing stuff uh, within ILM with it, with the shots and concept, and are you are you doing more environment stuff? Because obviously, environment I think is your background. Or are you doing? Are you, yeah. you get to do character stuff as well? Or I'm definitely not doing character. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, I mean, even in the studio, I mean, few people do characters. I think. Right. I doesn't do a lot of characters. It's mostly environment it's, stuff. Yeah. Uh, London specific, but um, I mostly do like shot paintings or production uh, sketches, like just to visualize uh, what's the what the story could look like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of environments. You can have characters, of course, but um, what's great is that if I work on like um, post-production shot. You already have the characters, so yeah. you, you have to paint the effects or the background mm -hmm. because the, the actors, you know, and everything was shot already. So you don't you don't have to like paint them. Yeah, but I would use a lot of reference if I have to. Uh, I mean, and, and that's interesting too because uh, I mean you know um, um, Suzanne Helmick. Uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah. She was in the at the industry workshop. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I know her well. Um, I wasn't sure if you knew her, but um, she recently on on social media because she's so forward facing with with giving back to you know through Twitch and through Facebook and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. um, she had a whole thing just recently where someone um was attacking her basically for using reference to paint. And right. yeah, and it's, it's something I've not. I was going to cover in an actual episode with one of the guys I, I work with, but um, now would be a great time because obviously you are an accomplished conceptor, so you'll know, and you work in the industry. Um, that this is more just for people listening because so many people don't know. But how important is it to use reference? And I know the answer already, but you can tell us obviously. Man, every time, like, yeah, I always <laughs> think again, like I should have used more reference, yeah. more reference. If you take the time and search like for an hour or two, take your time, just find the right references because you're going to, I mean, there's so much stuff you can't in invent, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it yeah. would be ridiculous not to use references. Oh, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's so many yeah. people I know who are like, um, like they see it as cheating or they see it as like a, a quick way to, even when, you know, I've done some matte painting in the, in the past and, you know, um, Guys who talk about you know matte painting isn't an accomplished painting technique because you're using photography, um, yeah. but it's 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 a pipeline thing you know it's a whole thing of pushing out the quickest visuals the best way you can the quickest way you can so well yeah it, it's a different tool like using photos or using whatever charcoal I think yeah. it's just a tool you in the end you have to come up with an image and, yeah uh, you have to think like how you're gonna patch those photos together and you have to think about the composition and that stuff so that's why I think like drawing is not about drawing it's about what you are willing to do with it and yeah. you could do the same with music with whatever yeah you know it's, yeah. Not, it's not about the technique I think it's um, yeah it's beyond that yeah I think the end result is really what matters I mean how you get from point A to B is usually defined by you as an artist anyway but as long as the result 
at the end is meeting yeah. the criteria, then it, it should be fine. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, even there was one, I think, Suzanne done uh, not too long ago, it was like a, a dead skeleton lying on the floor with an axe, um, and uh, she'd used, uh, I think, a 3D posing program for the, the skeleton, and then yep. uh, a little reference for the metal and stuff. But at the end, that's what gave it that realistic tone. But that's how she could push it so far because the detail and the polish was already there, and the, the reference she was using, she was just replicating that with paint. Um, I and mean, in, in the end, the, the client doesn't really care about uh, like what tools you, you use. I mean, yeah. they don't know the tools you use. They don't. Oh, no, yeah. They don't really care. Yeah. Uh, I think as a concept artist, what you have to do is uh, knowing like what would be the best tool to get to from point A to B. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean that's important to like learn new software and stuff because it gives you more tools. Yeah, I mean um, definitely because I'm using more and more 3D now, which is coming more commonplace. Um, the concept and yeah, I think yeah nowadays I think 3D is really important for concept artists. Mm -hmm. uh, I refused to see that like years ago when I was seeing lots of people using it. I was like, wow, what's the point? I mean, yeah, I, I want to paint. You yeah, know, I want to be, like, be like sergeant or oh boot. yeah yeah. I'd like photos and references and yeah. which is a bit foolish because those guys they use references they were painting nature they were uh, painting what they saw yeah you know yeah I mean, whatever gets you to to the point um, because sometimes you have really short deadlines mm -hmm. um, so you really have to think what's the best tool to get me there in a short amount of time yeah. and really efficiently with less mistakes possible you know yeah. if you do it from mine well obviously you're gonna have maybe screw up yeah yeah you're exactly. more proud of yourself because you achieved something but to be honest nobody cares yeah it's yeah in your head, you know and in the end i think it it's still a job you know you have to people give you money for um to get artworks yeah. and they don't really care about how you do that yeah. i mean at work everybody is using different softwares it's really interesting so you know we can compare like uh, ZBrush and 3 code which is the best. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, it, it always comes down to 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 the result. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. I mean, and I think I think sometimes when people bitch about the methods used, I think that usually is the break between hobbyist and professional, um, yeah. because professionals everywhere understand the process you go through and why you do it, whereas a lot of hobbyists can't see that. Um, you're not staying pure to the to the to the tradition yeah. of painting, but then even people now who are hobbyists who use Photoshop, and you say, well, you do realise you're using a digital program to make paint. Like there's no traditional aspect of acrylics or oils or colours. You know, you're using a digital program, and it's 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 yeah, it's two it's sides. The same questions. It's exactly the same. I mean, you, it always comes down to fundamentals. Mm. You have to, to do that painting. You know, you can use watercolor, Photoshop, whatever. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people. Uh, maybe think too much about what software, what tools yeah. uh, are the best. I think you should just paint and just do what you like. Yeah. Do it for yourself. Just try some new stuff. Try try softwares. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe some guy don't like that software, but maybe you love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it's even like uh, Nikolai who works out of Procreate like exclusively. Yeah. Like All he uses is an iPad. And, uh, and, and he's uh, really good. Oh and yeah, ridiculous. I tried using, using Procreate. Oh man. I, I, I can't use that. It's so uh, clunky, I think. But 
Well, I mean, I would say recently go back to it because um, they just had a huge update and they they've now incorporated stuff like um, PSD layers and everything, and it's yeah, totally. yeah, it's it's getting more like Photoshop every day, but um, but it's great that it's only one cost. It's a couple of pound, and then you know, obviously, you can use it you know wherever you are. But I think for sometimes um, it's like any software. It just the more you use it, the, the quicker you get to to understand it. Um, interface is key, man. Like interface with everything I've ever used. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, like now that I've used Maya for. You know, a year and a half now. Oh yeah, Maya. So yeah, our course teaches oh, Maya. Man. Uh, then you've got it. <laughs> oh man, like that, I mean, that was the the biggest thing. If this start get past it, was was the interface with how you know how do I make a sphere? Okay, and then like learning stuff like bevel and chamfer. Like once that was out of the way, I was like, oh great, and I can make my objects a bit more solid. So, um, so I'm currently working for my end of year project on a sci-fi corridor. Um, cool. taking inspiration for a lot of the guys who done Star Citizen. Um, so you know, taking a lot of the stuff like that, and it's kind of horror esque so Dead Space. Um, but yeah, Maya's been great for it. Yeah, but, yeah. That, that's how you learn. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you've got to start somewhere. Um, yeah. You've got to try stuff. Yeah. You've got to have fun, and uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like yeah. Maya's obviously a bit more difficult, I think. But uh, I've heard guys using. I know I watched a, a podcast once with uh, uh, Shadi Shafari and um, yep. Aton Zara, and I think Aton was saying he used a lot of uh, Modo. Um, yep. He says it was really good. He got good results out of that. And to be fair, right. be yeah, between Max yeah. Modo and Maya, uh, they are all very similar interface wise. So if you learn kind of one, you can transition between each and other ones. So yeah, yeah. I really like Modo to be honest. Uh, yeah. The only thing I don't like it's uh, it's not really stable. I mean, right. yeah. I've learned a lot of uh, like work because it crashed and mm. you know it's a bit clunky. Yeah, but it's a really great tool for modeling and quick renders. I think yep. it's great. The, yeah. the Fox system is really nice, and the modeling system is great, yeah. and the interface is really close to Photoshop. I think it's it's a good tool. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's a bit less scary than Maya, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people use uh, their stuff before, and they've said that Modo's probably a good in between. Um, even uh, Ash recently and uh, Maciej Kutiara have been using stuff yeah. like um, ZBrushing and Keyshot um, more and more. Uh, again, guys coming yeah, through these. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, there's yeah. there's loads out there. I think the difficulty though is with Photoshop. There's so many programs for painting, but there's only more than one or two people use. But when it comes to 3D, man, oh my God, there is an endless list of stuff. Even yeah. I tried texture just now, like just getting. I've just discovered Substance, so Substance for texturing. Um, but then even like you said, there's 3D coat, and then there's Quixel, and then there's a million other things. Stuff, oh, man. so much stuff. Yeah. And um, in the end, like I'm, I'm a bit like you. I want to try like uh, get to ZBrush and stuff, but man, I I, I just can't. I love 3D code because it's simple, for example. And yeah. I know ZBrush is really powerful, but I, I can't get my mind to to, to use that because, I don't know, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I always come back to the, the stuff I know, to be honest, like Modo, 3D code, Keyshot, because it's it's easy to do, it's it's fast, and yeah. it gets to the point. I mean, I don't want to spend my time like typing numbers, like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, with 3D code it's good as well because it, it's kind of half uh, ZBrush, half substance, so you can texture and, and sculpt in the one thing. So, um, yeah, I've seen a lot of guys. There's a guy I know, um, Tobias Coep, who works out in Newcastle, and he does a lot of low poly environments, quite Blizzard, Blizzard esque stylized. Um, cool. So, yeah, I mean, the 3D code is his weapon of choice, and I've seen him get some really good results with it. Um, so, yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's getting better and better. Yeah, and so much. Such, 
more accessible software because like in the past again these things only used to be open to industry guys or they were priced so you only could afford it as a studio but now um there's a lot of free licenses there's a lot of trials there's a lot of people get oh yeah know, yeah it's not that expensive actually i think it's oh like yeah it's, 300 something you can even buy it on steam and get the like education version yeah which yeah. is really cheap yeah, um, yeah. I mean, even like uh, stuff like uh, what was it the other day we were talking about um, Octane Render. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, which is like five hundred pound or something, but um, it's so powerful. It's ridiculous. Man, the guys that that work, they all use Octane. It's it's great. It's yeah. fantastic. It's so fast. I mean, Modo compared to Octane, it's it's really really slow. Yeah. You, you get fast and great results with with Octane. I should get. Uh, into it. Invest, well. Yeah, yeah. That and Keyshot, I think, are a couple of things I need to invest in at one point. But, uh, but no, no, no. I mean, it's the, there's so many tools out there and, and there's uh, such a wide gambit of tutorials online. That if you want to learn a software now, there is no excuse. There are so many things. Um, yeah. I think just, yeah, you should just pick one, learn it, and, and just use it and uh, as best as you can to make yeah. great concepts. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. There's a guy, uh, I'm sure he's French actually, uh, Romain. <laughs> Romain Child, oh, his name I think is Wizix on uh, online. He does a lot of hard surface stuff. He done a Hulkbuster at one point. Um, mm. I'm trying to remember uh, the guy's name. Uh, oh my God! Right, okay, I'll come back. We'll talk about it later. I'll send it to you later, Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's fine. Um, uh, but anyway, so, uh, so wrapping up, kind of we're towards the end, Tim. Um, Already, right. yeah, yeah, that's. It. I mean, we're, we're, <laughs> the hour has passed. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, just thinking uh, advice-wise or, or kind of key tips, uh, because we try to talk to everybody about how they think people should try get entry now. What's your kind of, some especially two D concept? What's the kind of things that you think people should be aiming like portfolio-wise or networking-wise? You know, what, what's your view um, on getting in now? I think first. Uh, like you should take your time and learn fundamentals. Um, one thing also, if you want to work for uh, video games, I think you should be aware of what good video, uh, video games company do. Like for example, get uh, get some nice art books of uh, video games you love and, and look at them, study them and uh, try to understand what those companies are looking for. And that's gonna be your goal. Um, I don't think, you should go on ArtStation and just copy what you see there because it's, to me, it's more like, it's not really concept art. It's, it's, yeah, it's more like illustration and nice images, but they don't really um, serve like a product, like a video game. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to work, for example, for the film industry, I would advise people to watch a lot of movies and be aware of what's been done, like for the last few years and. Mm -hmm. Um, read a lot of books, for example. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just basic stuff to try and fill your mind with the industry you're going into because, um, I mean, I think it would be very naive if anyone went into the film industry especially and wasn't a film watcher. I mean, cinematography, there's so much of it learned just by sitting watching a film. Like, you've not really got to study as much, just envelop yourself in what you're watching and try to understand why they're shooting that way. It's probably... Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you, you don't even have to draw. You yeah. just have to observe, yeah. and you have to understand like uh, why does that composition uh, is like scary or I don't know why is light doing creating that that mood? How yeah. does that work? 
And it's not it's not drawing, it's not painting. It's just about observing how things work. Yeah. And you have to show that in your artworks, I guess. Yeah. You have to use that. Yeah. And maybe some companies will be interested in what you do because you understand those principles and you can apply them yeah. and you can create and offer something new, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, like Again, it's, it's all comes down to style. I think it's what studios look for more and more is having a unique style or a unique take on things. So, um, I mean, the one thing I was told ages ago was not to try and co cookie cut or copy other people's yeah. work directly, try and come up with your own interpretation. Yeah, exactly. You have to find your own language. Um, I think also it's great like to, to do lots of still lifes and uh, plein air paintings because uh, you're going to focus on fundamentals and not really thinking about the tools, the brush and the style. So yeah. you're just going to, you know, you just focus on, on learning those principles. Yeah. And the more you do it, the less you're going to think about the technique and it's going to be straightforward. Yeah. And you can use that for professional works. Uh, so yeah, I think definitely yeah, it's good. It can be good to copy like master painting and stuff to understand how people simplify trees, rocks, whatever. Yeah. Because those guys they, they spend their life um, trying to to show form best, like to show colors at at, at its best. Mm -hmm. And it would be a bit foolish not to you know. I mean yeah. Those guys spend their, their life uh, asking those questions, you know. Yeah. So no, definitely, definitely it's yeah. good. But yeah, don't be a slave of uh, <laughs> like copying. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, I mean, that was great, Tim. Uh, you know. Cool. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming and talking to us. That was awesome. Man. Thank you. It okay. was great. Yeah. Great. Um, Stay tuned, guys. We'll come back with another episode soon. Um, make sure to check out Digital Artcast on iTunes and YouTube and all the other places. Um, and of course, Tim, um, you've got your own website, your own art station. Is that just Tim Timothy Rodriguez uh, as well? Uh, yeah, something like that, probably. Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> um, all the all the links will be in the show notes, guys. You can check them out and check Tim's work. And uh, you go and stalk him online. Um, I'm sure it'll be great to have all these fans rushing towards him now. <laughs> the whole, the whole ten people that that, that that listen. But no, we've we've got 150 subscribers on YouTube, and uh, a couple of hundred people are on the podcast and iTunes. So it's yeah, it's picking up. It's yeah, good. Subscribe to the channel, guys. Yeah, yeah, get on it. Um, okay, but uh, that was great, and uh, uh, we'll speak to you later. Thanks very much, guys. See you later. Eh? Thanks.